0: Everybody, I'm Posh Marlowe, and this is the Let Pleasure Be the Measure podcast. And I am excited to bring you today's guest because she surprises me, and not many people surprise me anymore. I have um, known Judy now for a few months, and every single time I talk to Judy, I'm blown away. By her fierceness in claiming her authenticity and um, designing her own life. So today I am pleased to present Judy Corsanini, Needy, Corsanini, Corsanini. <laughs> I just call her Judy. So I just learned her yes. last name. <laughs> Judy is an author. She is an international speaker. She teaches, get this, economics and finance. Yes, we are going to talk a little about money. And she's a dancing mindfulness facilitator and a poet. And she plays basketball and drums. I just think you're fascinating, Judy. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here anybody who tells me they work with money, I just frankly make the assumption that I won't connect with them because it's not in my comfort zone or languaging it's numbers and me don't get along ever. Um, And I also, I don't think I've ever met anybody who is not only so good with economics and finance, but also has such a creative, spirit and a vulnerability so yeah you're you're really interesting
1: <laughs> i think thank you i think
0: you are. <laughs> you are i met you in a group uh called midlife mirth where we've been as midlife right. women gathering and we play improv games and we talk and we share our shame stories and our limiting beliefs and and we get vulnerable um And, and each week, what I'm so impressed with is how you come to the calls, like so ready and willing to step outside of your comfort zone and learn about yourself. And you're 61, right? Yes. And you're still fiercely, relentlessly learning about yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. And challenging yourself. Like you, you challenge yourself daily. It feels like I'd say so. Is it scary to constantly challenge yourself? It is, but it doesn't feel
1: like challenging to me. Honestly, it feels like opportunities, Mm -hmm. like opportunities I'm presented that I have a choice in pursuing or not. And I Mm -hmm. think sometimes those opportunities are challenging to me. And I think for me, I started a quest a few years ago to really be the best version of me I could be. You know, because I've struggled with depression, anxiety and things like that over the years. And I just decided, like, I didn't want to do that the rest of my life. And what are some changes I can make that I can do something about, you know, and then what are some that I really can't, but I have to learn
0: how to um, still live
1: my best life in light of some of the heartache changes, those type of things.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the lines in one of your poems, I can't remember which one, was about surrendering and holding on. Like the, you, you work within the, the paradoxes and the dualities and there's kind of juxtapositions often that the, the yes and, or you call it both and. Both and, both right. and Which is yeah. so much life, but you, you really embody it. Um,
1: Thank you. Yeah, when I realized that coexistence was a really healthy thing, it could really work you know, because in some ways, so in the death of a death, someone that we love dying, there's a way that we're so sad and grieved about it, but another way we're celebrating that they're not suffering anymore. And so, you know, that's an example of the both and, and it's like, how, how can that really happen? But it can, I mean, there's space for that. I believe in our hearts and in our minds to, to live in both that dual existence and it's not easy, but I think it's a really valuable place of in a sense you can get to a safe place of learning that you can do both of those at the same time.
0: Yeah, and I think that's really that's really important to to notice um and you mentioned grieving and losing somebody and having that um be that they aren't suffering and then right now in my grieving I'm also seeing it as a form of love. Like I'm I'm so grateful to feel such love for my son that i'm also grieving his illness so much and so but but yeah i love to be able to see the the gift in it or the pleasure in it or the other side of it um it it not only helps make it more manageable um but but it's also becomes very beautiful or brutal have you heard that term brutal or brutal and beautiful at the same time Uh, that, that speaks, that speaks to me every day. Um, but yeah, you have a, a powerful story and I don't know to what extent you want to share anything related to your, um, history to give any context to how it is you, um, maybe started in a place of trauma and then moved into this place of self-expression and, um, and healing. Sure.
1: Yeah. Um, So over the years, um, I've experienced trauma on a lot of different levels. It's probably the best way I could put it. And it brought me to a place with the both ends. You know, it brought me to a place of, you know, there has to be more. And then seeing my cycle of um, my challenges and how they just keep repeating things, you know, whether it was depression or um, babbling, feeling hopeless or. That big question of like, what's life really all about, or is this all there is, and those type of thinking, and um, you know, because I do feel sometimes life does feel almost like a treadmill, right? Like we get up, we do this, and da 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 da, and then we go to bed exhausted. We get up, and and I was like, I just, it's not what I want to do or be. And and I remember um, two and a half years ago showing up at, at therapy, and you know, obviously the therapist first, one of her first questions was, you know, what brought you here, and what do you hope to obtain from coming. And my answer was, I just want to become the best version of me I can become. Mm -hmm. And I have a lot of shame, a lot of heartache, a lot of disappointment. Plus I had a lot of blessings, a lot of gifts along the way. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but I knew there was a challenge and I knew that, um, it was an uphill battle. And I Mm -hmm. also knew there were resources to help me work with that, you know? So I've been working pretty hard, you know, the past two years or so in in therapy, really working through a lot of those issues Mm -hmm. and, um, and that's honestly, I think I'd mentioned to you, that's how the poetry book got birthed. It was just journal entries, you know, right. after in between sessions. And as I started <clears throat> being willing to face some of the things that have caused me disappointment or shame or heartache or brokenness. And, you know, the power of the secrecy of when we've been hurt, when we've been abandoned, abused, whatever it is, like those secrets have a lot of power, you right. know, and so it's like, um, in my mind, I can say, I want. I just want to break those. It's like, but what's it really look like, you know, to take the steps in vulnerability to show up, to be honest, Mm -hmm. you know, because I look at it and I think most people want hope and most people want to be seen and want to be heard. And there's an innate need in each of us for that to occur. But how does that really happen in everyday life? And I'm telling you all the years, if I look back to to coaching, to teaching, to student success coordinator, to all these different roles or positions I've played over the years. My, my passion is to like, what's it look like in everyday life? You know, I would give these retreats and kids would walk away all pumped up, ready to go. But it was like, okay, so what happens tomorrow? What happens when you get back home or, you know, and and that can be adaptable to work, to friends, to marriage, relationships, to
0: anything, you know? and you have such emotional intelligence and awareness. So it always surprises me, probably every time I talk to you, that you teach economics and finance. So how, I don't even know how the math brain works and numbers, but for you, it, that's the way your brain, that's the default for your brain is you You understand and numbers make sense. Um, it, it's rare to meet somebody who has both. Uh, so, so yes. How did you come to love and understand numbers? This is like a bizarre, this is like, as if I was asking you, you know, when did you start paranormal removals? Cause it's so bizarre to me. <laughs> it starts with awareness, right? It starts yeah. with awareness. Uh-huh.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a few different responses to that, a few different levels, I think where it happened. Um, like I said, growing up, I would keep scorecards for my Pittsburgh Pirates. You know, I'd be watching the game on a Sunday afternoon and, and, uh, you know, Richie Hebner on third base. And you know, when hits were made in statistics, I just started really liking numbers and numbers made sense to me. And, and I explained it to someone who's fluent in another language. So if you're fluent in Spanish and in English, even though English is your first language. That's how numbers are to me. They're just, it's just marketing finance is how my brain just works. Like, I was sitting in church one time and they were giving communion and I was distracted. This was some years ago, but this is when I started laughing at myself with this. I'm thinking of how they could have strategically functioned differently in their distribution of communion based on the number of people going. And <laughs> I'm like, is far more efficient. <laughs> I mean, this is, and it wasn't like critical, but I'm like, you know what? They could have done this or, and it wasn't like from a critical standpoint, to me, I look at it as strategies. You know, Mm -hmm. so I've done like strategic business coaching and it's like, oh, it's a simple way to increase the flow of traffic or it's a simple way to increase your visibility. My brain works that way with marketing, but it also works with that in finance. And I think a few things, one is um, as I've grown up over the years in teaching it, It's growing my capacity to just understand it and embrace it. Like Mm. I tell my students this year, there's never been a better time to learn economics.
0: That's for sure. You
1: can ask everybody about inflation. And most people know those words now that 20 years ago, they were like, what are we talking about? Mm. You know, even though it might've existed, it wasn't mainstream like it is today. People are seeing in their own lives, the impact of unemployment. Yes. Through the years, unemployment's been a number. A recession has been a number. You know what I mean? And what I tell my students is every number tells a story and every story can be put in the numbers. Like I believe those that can happen. And Mm -hmm. so to me, it's more strategic Mm -hmm. and more logistical of how that can happen. And so my love for sports has always been there. I mean, I grew up loving my Pittsburgh sports teams. And so I think understanding how sports work actually also helped. And I've played basketball, like grade school, high school, college ball over the years. So all those things to me involve numbers. Like I knew if I took a hundred shots, I'd make this percentage. So if I knew if increased my shots, I would increase my ability to improve my, and that's how my brain looked at it.
0: And And so how do you translate the, the numbers and the statistics that you enjoy in sports and in finance to this heart centered, creative expressiveness, even in the dancing and the mindfulness movement that you do, how do you tie those two together? Oh, that's an excellent question.
1: I'm glad this is being taped because I want that question. That's really good. (laughs) (laughs) Because I think, what's that? This might be our clip. Yeah, well, I think it comes down to the basics. I really do. I I think it, like you can talk about money. You can talk about time management. You can talk about success in business or entrepreneurship, any of those type of things. You can talk about raising kids, successful marriage. To me, it really, what's the common factor? You. You as the person, you as the individual And each of those, you play a part, you play a role. And mm-hmm. so to me, that's the secret sauce, but it's also the empowering, but it's also one of the most challenging, right? Mm-hmm. Because how do I choose to show up? What do I choose to bring? Who do I choose to be? And, and I know, you and know, I've talked about it, but to me, you know, I've done some digging deep into authentic self. And in some ways, I'm pleased in some ways, I know areas I need to really change and improve on. And mm-hmm. I know ways that I've hurt other people in ways I've been hurt, and um, if we don't work that out, how does that affect other people? You know, and so it's so layered, if this is making any sense at all, it's just so layered because we show up wanting to do our best. So like I show up at your midlife mirth and you ask a question and my response can be, yeah, yeah, I get it, I understand. Or it can be, you know what, this is why I understand it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's that engagement and that willingness to be vulnerable, now, yes, that doesn't mean you're vulnerable with everybody you meet everywhere you go. But that also is a step in learning. Like, where do I feel safe? And I think it's important to learn to listen to our gut, our sense, our, yeah. you know, solar plexus, whatever you want to call it to really, you know, if your body doesn't feel safe or you don't feel safe, then that's okay. Instead of my mindset would be, well, push it through. well, step up. Well, of course you need to. Yeah. And the more I started changing that, no matter what area we were talking about, like, I know I'm a better teacher today than I was 20 years ago mm. because I've done work on myself, you know, mm. so I show up and be the best version of me when I'm teaching and continue to grow in that because I'm showing up being authentic and yeah. authentic to me is showing up who you really are, like who you really are. And that doesn't mean I show up crying on my screen to my students because I've learned there's ways that you can um, contain in right. a healthy way, but that right. doesn't mean when I get off teaching, those cheers are right here. I'm going to call a friend, you mm-hmm. know, or I'm going to spend some time journaling, or I'm just going to sit quietly and kind of figure out what, what would really be helpful right now mm. and just use those tools. But for me, it was the willingness to use those tools, you know, and, and there, there was because of how I grew up. Well, I can handle this kind of mentality as opposed to, I think I need some help. Right. And that was a big change for me over the past few years, really getting real about that, you know?
0: Yeah. It's so brave. It's so brave to ask for help. And when it feels like you can, uh, everything's, you know, controlled, whether it's the, the numbers or the stats or logic. Um, and then <laughs> life isn't like that. Life is so sure. messy and chaotic that it, um, that we're not always prepared for it. And we don't always have the skills uh, to, right. Handle it, and we can't know everything. And you you said something like you can't know more than you know, or forgive yourself. Can't know what you don't know. You can't know what you don't know. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So um, and I would hold myself to these standards to know things
0: that how would
1: I know them? Exactly. And so yeah, so instead of the self judgment, that's where for me leaning more into curiosity and figure it out, and then also I hope I can say this one. I'm sure I can, but like own my own shit, like learning, like learning what that really. Looks like, and I'm learning what that looks like. Yes, you know, but that doesn't mean I'm a bad, awful person. It means these are areas I need to grow in, these are areas I need to be more open about, or I need to be humble about, or more kind in. And yes, you know, yeah, but again, we can take it on as self judgment, self loathing, destructive behavior, or the growth, you know, okay, so these are areas I need to change, these are things I want to take responsibility for. I don't know how because mm. I believe in most people's hearts, they want to do good, they want to be good. But I think sometimes people are in a sense, I had a friend that used to use the term like love crippled. They're not really quite sure how to love or love mm-hmm. feels painful or vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And then there's risks and then what that looks like. You know. Mm-hmm. And, and you brought up a great point because I think about it for me, numbers are predictable. And yeah, so exactly. I like that sense of predictability, but I would also say numbers are not predictable if the numbers are based on whims, on uh, emotion, Mm -hmm. on just going with something you know Mm -hmm. as opposed to and so it's it's uh kind of sitting with it and understanding like I talked to my students about you can purchase a car now or you can purchase a car in six months Mm -hmm. and there's two different schools of thought if I wait to six months I can save up more and pay down more on cash for a car or if I wait six months the price might go up
0: right Right.
1: <laughs> and that's the risks. You know what I mean? And to me, I can adapt that into growth mindset, pivoting business success, inner healing, like name it, because to me, that's, there's always options. There's that both. And that exist. Yeah. We want to lean into in that moment. or what do we want to ask for help for?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you said something um, that, that clicked for in my head that I hadn't really thought of before. Um, Well, you said it in a numerical way. You said the common factor or the common denominator is you. Did you Mm -hmm. say the common factor? And um, I move a lot, as you might know. I'm in my 20th move. And wherever I move, I feel whatever house or state or wherever I am, I feel unsettled. So Mm -hmm. I go to my energy healer and she says it like your shit will follow you. Yeah. Which is true, but it's so interesting that you can also make that into a mathematical equation. Like if the common factor is X, <laughs> right. do you know what I mean like if it's, if you're the common factor in all of the, um, patterns of interaction that have caused you, um, harm or confusion um then then you have to work on that you have to work on on you and that you might be the change that that needs to happen which is humbling and super frustrating because it'd be a lot easier if it was just you know mold or something
1: oh right because i think too i mean i i think my personal belief is that's part of our human nature yeah i try and figure out what the problem is and solve it and in my mind it's a lot easier if it doesn't involve me like if I just move this box from here to there and it makes it easier, works for me. Three. If I just switch this line from here to here and it works better, or I just drive this way so it's quicker. But again, it's, it's ignoring, I believe what's most valuable, like yeah. us, you know, yeah. our hearts, like our desires. In, um, and, and I think too, um, I heard someone share a few weeks ago and it really struck me. She was really angry about something. And she said, I just sat down and sat with the anger for a while. Mm-hmm. I've heard that I've even done it
0: mm-hmm. but I thought
1: boy that sounded so vulnerable to me when she shared it but it made so much sense because a few years ago if I felt angry I felt sad I would want to like either push it down or dismiss it not sit with it
0: yeah it's and hard. for
1: me I'm seeing the healing and the change and the challenges and the opportunities was sitting with it right because, right. okay, what am I really angry about? Or where's that really coming from? And that doesn't mean, for me, it doesn't mean that I'm caught in this introspective because I'm not very introspective, but I'm learning that it's a helpful tool. But it's, it's you can sit with things. And I don't look at it as inter, so much introspective as much as taking a moment to just sit with how I feel. And yeah. I've seen how the acknowledgement has been so powerful and significant.
0: And when you sit with yourself or spend time with yourself, like, do you enjoy the company you keep now? Like in your quiet, alone moments, do you enjoy yeah. your own company?
1: I, I have a dear friend, Brandy, and she was speaking at a retreat some years back. And she said the best line ever to this. She said, um, what would it be like to be in a room full of yous? Mm. Isn't that powerful? Mm. <laughs> and I was like, part of me was like oh that'd be amazing oh that'd be awful oh that'd be ugly oh that'd be interesting oh that'd be fascinating and it was like I don't know <laughs> I, I but, don't know but, but yet it it leads away for so many opportunities
0: yes you yes
1: know? So I know for me the phrase out there is like sit with it but don't get stuck with it or sit with your status, but don't get stuck in this and that and I'm like I know for me personally and some people might disagree and that's absolutely fine even if I get stuck in it, that makes me realize I might need some help. Mm-hmm. Even if I start feeling stuck in it and I see the stuck as a pattern, then it's like, hmm, something's not right here. Mm-hmm. And it's not like, well, I'll just read a book and it'll tell me what to do. Or I'll just Google it. will tell me what to do. Sometimes I know for me, it's getting out and taking a walk in nature. Yes. Just walking barefoot in a field and just being present moment to that. Yeah, it's It's letting go of like, it must be me. I did something wrong. It's always about me or I screwed up or... Mm-hmm. Or it's always about me, woe is me. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. it's usually not those things. Sometimes it's like, this is the challenge. These are yeah. the opportunities. What are the choices I'm going to make? And sometimes I know for me, like I've shifted my schedule. I've shifted time and I'm working through a lot of it. But like if I have classes scheduled and I have a three hour break in between when I teach, I would just use that time to grade, to get caught up on emails, et cetera. Now I might take myself to lunch. Now I might go for a walk in a field. Good. And Good. I realize difference with my energy and my presence, yes. but it's so not how my linear brain thinks. My linear brain in MBA is saying to me, manage by objectives. So I'm already here, let's get this done. Mm. So I don't just grade eight assignments. I have to grade them all. Like, mm. why wouldn't I grade them all? I'm here, just do it. And right. I'm learning to not push through unless that's really what's most loving.
0: Yeah, it's it's a fascinating thing when when we realize that we don't need to earn the pleasure. We don't need to earn going for a walk by finishing all of our work by you know grading all of those tests. You can take care of yourself and do uh, whether it's go play basketball or go for a right. walk or right. a drum um, and let that alchemize into something that brings you energy that later might turn into productivity or right. not, you know. Yeah. But yeah, and it
1: doesn't negate discipline. It doesn't um, negate focus.
0: Yeah. All
1: those are important, you know, but even how I am a list person and even how I started doing my list, I started identifying like, what is one thing that has to be done today or two things that have to be done today, mm-hmm. as opposed to wake up every day, have this long list, then disappoint myself because I didn't do it all. Yeah. You know so what I mean? Keep- mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I started, so I'm 61 now, like you mentioned, I started in my 20s. Every Sunday night, I look through my schedule. What's going on for the week? What meetings do I have? What things do I need to get done personally and professionally to move things along? Mm-hmm. That's been life changing. You know, I do the same thing with the new year and yeah. I don't look at like goals. I look at what intentions are. I look at, I sit with myself and I look, look both personally and professionally, right. you know, what ideas, what dreams, you know, what hopes, what disappointments am I facing that I want to embrace mm-hmm. and what, what can I do? How can I love better?
0: Yes. And what is your next, I guess, frontier? Like what do you what is on the horizon of things you're still willing to work through and delve into out of curiosity?
1: Uh I think one of the things up next for sure is doing some workshops, leading but them. I, yeah, just I I've I've done it before off and on, but I think being very consistent in um Money 101, what scares you about money, growth mindset. Um and, and I know also I really have a passion to train the trainer type things. Mm-hmm. And so I necessarily I have done some like professional business coaching, but what I love to do is coach the coaches. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I just know that's that's a niche for me, and it's something I'm passionate about. You know, I was talking to a friend the other day about some workshops together from some instructors because mm-hmm. I think it's powerful and and I think it's been a year. Um, I know for me, uh, I was getting gas the other day and the gas attendant says, well, hey, what do you do? And I said, well, I teach college. And he put his hand on his heart and he said, thank you for your service. <laughs> and, and I laughed, but in some ways that was so endearing because yeah. it's been a year, you know, like I've taught online before, but the transitioning and then the fear and anxiety and unknowns and job losses and life losses, et cetera, it's, it's been quite a year. Mm-hmm. And um, so I just was thinking one of the things I would enjoy doing is taking all these kind of things I've shared with you and presenting workshops to teachers, instructors, to how to incorporate some of these things. Mm-hmm. Because I'm learning in a classroom, if some of the students are, are showing, um, either they're not understanding my material or they're feeling frustrated by it, how can I take a step back and empower them and set the stage so that it's more digestible, right. You know, and diffuse that. And, and I think that those kind of things help. So, and I actually am thinking of another poetry book or two, but I'm not sure. I I'm just not sure, but I know for sure doing some workshops and I love, love, love public speaking. I love the format. I do. I just, um, yeah, I've had some amazing opportunities to speak publicly and I just um, good. I just really appreciate the opportunities.
0: It's, it's so fascinating because I think if I was going to take a money workshop, which would be way again out of my comfort zone, how refreshing it would be to learn about money with somebody who has the emotional intelligence and compassion, empathy to realize that what's coming up in my money blocks is probably trauma-based exactly. or shame-based. And, exactly. um, and it's, it's a unique gift that you have to be able to uh, have a foot in both worlds. Right. Right. I mean, I think the psychology of money is so important. The
1: mindset, you know, and yeah, from the economic perspective, but to me, I believe two of the greatest gifts we've given is time and money. Mm -hmm. How are we using them? What are we doing with it? Mm. Whether it's self-criticism, whether it's stories we tell ourselves, you know, whether it's failures, whether it's deep in debt, there's hope. There's always hope. Mm-hmm. Whether it's businesses that have failed, to me, there's there's always hope.
0: So, mm-hmm. which is the name of your book, right? Bridget. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Hope. And that's yeah. really what
0: it came out of. Yeah. Well, you offer people hope who have experienced trauma, you offer people hope who've experienced depression and anxiety, you offer people hope who have money blocks, you offer people hope who don't know how to be vulnerable because they're more linear, and then you offer people hope who are just like I I I don't know what to do. I don't know where to put all this stress and this grief and this rage. And then you're like, well, you could dance, or you could play drums, or you could play basketball. I mean, you you have this uh, diverse uh, and curiosity, you know. And then to bring curiosity over criticism of yourself and others, this kind of relentless curiosity is such a is such a blessing uh, to those that you will teach.
1: Yeah, because I think identifying the self judgment voice. Yeah regardless of where it came from Mm -hmm. and I'm in the process of it. I haven't arrived, but I know the awareness of that. I am really so convinced and I'm seeing in my own life. The awareness is Mm -hmm. so important. You know, like if we just stop and think, wait a minute, why do I have all this anxiety about this? You know? And, and I'm not, I believe like what we speak has value, what we think has tremendous value. Um, But in saying that, I just think it means showing up. I mean, sometimes it is doing the hard work, mm-hmm. you know, it's looking at risk we've taken in the past and looking at the wins that have come from it, mm-hmm. you know, um, by nature, we tend to look at what hasn't worked instead of what has worked. And I could give you statistics on that, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> I'm a researcher, you know, I, and, and I don't like to say things without doing my homework on it. Yeah. Not just like, I'm not a media opinion. I'm a, hardcore journal entry. These many people have been studied. This has been the outcome because that's validity, you know what yeah. I mean? And so for some people that will speak to them for others, they'll just get out and dance and move and shake and exactly be amazing. Yeah. But I was exposed to a dancing mindfulness, um, experience, you know, the, the, uh, place that I was going for, for trauma therapy offered like community events once a month. And I had the opportunity to participate in, and I love the dance. I've loved it my whole life. I mean, I have a picture of me dancing to um, the twist, dancing the twist when I was like two years old in my playpen, you know? <laughs> but over the years, what does that look like? Right. You know, and with dancing, you know, so to me, dancing mindfulness is, when I first showed up there, I just stood in the corner with my hand on my heart saying, oh boy, you know, similar to my yoga experience, you know, like, again, the self-judgment, what am I doing here? And da, 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 and I'm embarrassed and I weigh this much or I look this way or And it's comparing or it's, you know, and I'm telling you the dancing and mindfulness, just, there was something really significant in that because it was about calming my mind, Mm -hmm. you know, and stop thinking, stop analyzing anything like the statistics that whatever, you know what I mean? Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: just let the music envelop me. Yes. And feel it in a sense. And it was like, you know, and so I, I'm so grateful that, that, um, I'm a part of that community and those individuals. It's so powerful.
0: It sounds freeing and liberating and fun and fun. Right. Cause you
1: just move how the music moves you. So there's no right or wrong. And right. to me, that's like, Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> you know, but once I did it and once like, you know, I just came from a dancing mindfulness um, retreat, they have them every year and it was like, Oh my gosh, it was so freeing and fun. Mm. And, uh, that's why I appreciate the work you do, you know, with laughter and vulnerability and joy and and just showing up and roaring, you know, the improv, because I believe there's, there's so many amazing things I've learned in ways that I've challenged myself to grow or I've faced painful things that I'm still walking through by not looking at it linear because it isn't, you know, to me, healing is not linear. And that was one of the hardest things to embrace. You know what I mean? Like I remember the first time I showed up at at the midlife Murph and I was like, uh, no,
0: (laughs) not playing an improv game. Nice
1: people, but I'm not playing, you know, but the funny thing is I went to an improv workshop last year and I absolutely loved it
0: Uh huh.
1: and it challenged the heck out of me because I think on my feet pretty well, but it felt embarrassing. Like Mm -hmm. you want me to stand up and be a tree. Okay. (laughs) That's an inanimate object. And why would I want to be, you know what I mean? Like, Yes. That's how my brain goes, and it's like, okay, what if you just step into that for a moment? And the more I did it, it was like, I really like this. Like this is really cool. Yeah. But again, it was the curiosity that that went out, and it was stepping aside from the self judgment.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. Yes, and you you bravely you bravely stepped into it. And it's, it's impressive that you keep trying, you keep trying all these new things. And I'm so excited to see what comes next for you, Judy, because it's going to surprise me. And <laughs> it's going to be like out of left field, to use a, a sports metaphor. Um, and and it's going to be uh, exciting. I, it's just, I'm so curious. I'm so curious uh, about you. I know in the beginning of our conversation, we were laughing, um, making a joke. I just thought it was funny, but how you epitomize the flow chart. Cause we, we talk about flow charts as like money and statistics, but I also love this idea of you being in the flow and curious and creative and and trying uh, and exploring and being linear and being logical. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just fascinating. I, I hope that whoever's listening out there who feels stuck in their ways, stuck in their limiting beliefs, stuck in their shame, stuck in their stories and old tapes is like, oh, I can at any moment in my life decide to take an improv. Workshop. just decide to take a, a dance class to decide to take a class about money and learn how to for the first time ever like what do those numbers mean when i go to my bank website like that's scary or or take control of of something else um in your life that used to scare the shit out of you but yeah, now- I mean,
1: to me i look at it like stick your toes in the water like if you're going to go into a swimming pool and swim how many of us or the ocean how many of us dip our toes in the water to see what it's like
0: and awesome. that's what I
1: look at it as. So, okay, so I may just dip my toes in improv and see what I think. Yes. And, and again, and it's not just making a judgment on
0: one experience. Right. Okay, I should up. Yeah,
1: I don't know about that. Well, that's cool. You don't know. So go again and see what you think.
0: You try it. Mm-hmm. Dip your toes in the water the next day. The water might feel completely different. Right. Yeah. Wonderful. So you have a book that if people want to read your book of poetry um, called Bridge of Hope, how can they find the book or you online?
1: Yes. um, My website, it's judymc.org, O-R-G, judymc.org. And on there, you can book an opportunity to meet with me through Calendy and set up a time if you'd like me to come do public speaking. Then also
0: you can actually purchase my book online there. Wonderful. And then are you open to people calling or writing you and saying, Judy, I, I've never understood numbers and I'm terrified to take a oh, yeah. right. one class. Can, can you help guide me in the right direction? Are you open Absolutely. to that? Absolutely. You're, yeah. You're probably talking to probably a lot of heart centered healing light worker coaches <laughs> who like me are limited in that way. So it would be, it's great to have. Uh, yeah, you what know, I,
1: What right? I think about is like how many people are excellent dentists or excellent doctors or excellent attorneys or excellent accountants or excellent at improv and hosting workshops yet the money isn't their strong suit or the marketing or the tech all those type of things and so that's one of the things I've been able to do is help I have re like connections you know to help build that for you but also in an empowering way as opposed to you know if you really break down the numbers it really is like I tell people like the bills are the bills whether you open them or not they're still the bills and so does it have to deal with denial or heartache or pain or disappointment or things we never had growing up, like all kinds of things. Yeah. And I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a counselor. You know, I have an MBA, but my undergraduate was in sociology and my passion was to how to empower others. And so, mm-hmm. so on my website, there is there's an opportunity to, um, to schedule time to meet with me individually. Nice. Uh, to talk about those things. Absolutely. Yeah. And see how, or people that want to collaborate with me.
0: Okay yeah excellent thank you judy this thank you been, this has been fun you're very welcome i i hope to keep connecting with you of course oh it's always a pleasure to hang with you can't get rid of me now
1: <laughs> can i um share one of my poses as we wrap up oh,
0: please yes
1: it's called "I'm um, cheering you on turn you on
0: cheering you on oh, cheer- oh sorry different lens oh like here she goes now she's going down a whole different path there's the surprise (laughs) Uh, no
1: it's called cheering you on and it's it's uh it is uh on my website and through the book it's it's really my heart for um for others you know um so it's called cheering you on with hope in your heart with determined spirit head held high step by step slow and steady hesitant yet moving forward scared and vulnerable, strong and brave. You got this. You can do this. I am cheering you on. And I got to be honest with you, Pasha, when I was reading it, I was just, I was thinking how, that's how I feel for you. Like, I'm just cheering you on in your circumstance and those that are tuned in. Like, that really is my heart to, to, to cheer you on. And um, it began with a challenge about what love really does look like. And Mm -hmm. I challenged myself the beginning of the year to really embrace that statement, like how to love with no agenda. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so a lot of what I shared today has been birthed out of digging into that and in my own personal life and personal relationships, as well as
0: in my profession. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. beautiful. I, am. I, I. Thank you for cheering me on. And I cheer you on as well. And I, I think both of us can say that we're, we're cheering on all those out there who Absolutely. we might never meet or talk to, but somebody out there needed to hear something that we said today. Absolutely. And that one, that one person is who we're, we're thinking of right now and, and cheering you on out there. Yeah, and yeah, thanks for this opportunity. I appreciate it. Thank you, Judy. Uh, if anyone would like to reach out to me, uh, easy to do so you can find me on Facebook and Instagram under Pasha Marlow, uh, email Pasha at pashamarlow Marlow.com. Um, and you can book a 30 minute liberation call with me and, and you get an opportunity. You can speak to Judy one day, and then you can have a call with me the next day. And, uh, yeah, what a fun week that would be. So we look forward to talking to you and getting to know you out there. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks everybody. Bye.